Good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming out and being in church on Wednesday night. Just want to um, thank Pastor and the deacons for this privilege to minister tonight for a few moments. Who was here Sunday morning? Who was here Sunday morning? Yeah, 99% of the midweek people will be here Sunday morning. Um, Pastor Phil preached out of um, Luke's Gospel, Chapter 2, and uh, I just want to just pick up where he left off, Luke's Gospel, Chapter 2, if we could turn there in our Bibles. Two women were having lunch in an elegant hotel, and they were approached by a mutual friend who asked what the occasion was for this lovely meal. One lady replied, we're celebrating the birth of my baby boy. But where is the baby, inquired the friend. Oh, said the mother, you didn't think I'd bring him here, did you? And what a picture of the way the world views Jesus Christ at Christmas. All the decorations, the trees, the lights, the gifts, the Santa Clauses, the reindeers, the copious amounts of junk mail, and not a baby Jesus to be found. Because Jesus is an inconvenience, just like this lady's newborn baby was an inconvenience. Many people view Christmas as an inconvenience. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. And there were in the... In the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We humbly come before you. We ask that you would anoint your word, anoint these lips of clay. I hide behind the cross, it's not in the flesh, but God, we are asking you to minister tonight. Help and stir people for the things of God. Protect us at Christmas. Let our minds and thoughts be upon you in Jesus' name. Firstly, Christmas is never convenient. Have you ever noticed that even though you know the date of Christmas, 365 days in advance, you've had 12 months to prepare for Christmas, even though it's on the calendar and you've known all about it for a year. When we get to this time of the year, many times it's just really an inconvenience. The Christmas rush, rushing here and there, trying to get this done, that done, Christmas just seems to come at a time when it's not convenient. Heard a lady say, Recently, well, I've only had one thing go wrong this Christmas. My car's broken down. And what she's realized is that Christmas never seems to come at a convenient time. 
We've got the school holidays. We've got people's work places closing down. For many, that means no income. Some have traveled far and wide. Petrol prices are up. Gifts to be brought, bills to be paid. Families have to be visited, and some families now have four families to visit. And, uh, and to top it all off, sometimes Christmas falls on a Sunday. What an inconvenience for the Christian. And I actually looked at the calendar. Next year, it falls on a Wednesday. So that's going to really mess us up, isn't it? Amen. And so here in our text, we find some good old boys, some good old shepherds in the paddock. Been working all day, toiling in the heat of the Israeli desert, now watching the sheep in the night, just trying to get some rest, and behold, some angels come flying out of the sky with a hoot and a holler. Luke 2, 8 and 9. And when they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. Isn't this an inconvenience? Here are these shepherds just trying to get a good night's sleep, just trying to make ends meet, just trying to pay the bills, and now they've been rudely interrupted by some angels and all their mates singing with them. And this is the way the world views Christmas, is it's an inconvenience. The amount of people that I've met in my short life that don't like Christmas is astounding. They say it's a waste of time. They say it's all about money. It's all about big business. And now you've got your internet Christians, and thank God we don't have any here. But they'll say, you know, well, the 25th of December is not really Jesus' real birthday. The pagans used to celebrate the ancient satanic sausage dog. That's that day. And, and, and my family, we don't worship on that day because of that. Well, listen, let's just narrow it down a little bit. They reckon 2,023 years ago, Jesus died. He was 33. That makes 2,056 years ago, he was born, plus or minus 365 days. I reckon we're in the ballpark. That's what builders do, plus or minus 365 mil. So look, 2,056 years ago, plus or minus 365 days, Jesus was born. Luke 2.10, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. Isaiah 9.6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is a prophecy hundreds and hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus Christ, telling the world that there was going to be a baby born. And this baby is going to be the son of the almighty God. And he will come to this earth born of a virgin. And all these things would be to those who believe. 
wonderful. He will be wonderful. He will be counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the world mocks God. And the world rejects God. They put up their Santas. They put up their reindeers. They reject Christ. And the internet Christian won't worship because they say it's not the right day. I say shame on them. I say shame on them. Let me declare to you that Christmas is the wisdom of God. That every year that you and I have lived on this planet, every year that everyone else has lived on this planet, they have been faced with Christmas. Christmas is a test. Christmas is God's loud hailer to the world saying, what will you do with my son? What will you do with my son this year? This is God's loud hailer. It's not the gift under the tree, my friend. It's the gift that hung upon the tree. Oh, look, secondly, worship is never convenient. Worship is never convenient. God intrudes into our lives every year without fail with this wonderful event called Christmas. And everyone at this time of the year does something, worships something or someone. What do you think the office parties are all about? What do you think... uh, What do you think the work dues are all about? What do you think the shopping sprees are all about? What do you think the feasting is all about? All those things are a substitute for worship. What people will spend on Christmas Day, they would never put that in the plate at church, but yet many people at this time of year will pop into church, act religious, throw in a few coins and yet spend thousands upon thousands upon themselves and their families because you will worship something or someone at Christmas and you and I must understand that Christmas is a test. Here in our text, we find these lowly shepherds, these farm workers, common folks, common people, just like you and me, they have a visitation from God in the middle of the night. They're told about Jesus. They're told about the Messiah that was going to be born in Bethlehem. And right at that point, they have to make a choice. They have to make a decision what they're going to do. They could roll over, go back to sleep. Aren't you glad Jesus was born in Bethlehem and not Bogabilla? Because if they, they bumped into a few ringers out at Bogabilla, they might have got told where to go. But these boys had to make a choice. These, these workers, these laborers had to make a choice. Roll over, go back to sleep or get up and go invest, investigate. Luke 2, 15 and 16. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, 
which the Lord hath made known unto us. Verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. The Bible says they get up and they go and investigate. They go and worship the Lord Jesus Christ and their lives are radically changed from that day first, that day, from that day forth. In fact, they become the very first evangelists. Look at Luke 2.17. Excuse me. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Here's this incredible truth that anybody that comes to worship Jesus, those that come to investigate the Lord Jesus Christ will never leave unsatisfied. The Bible says that these shepherds left that place telling everyone about Jesus and glorifying and praising God. But it cost them something. They had to get up and they had to go and find Jesus. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Here again, to emphasize the point and to drive it home, that the truth is that worship will cost you something. Here is these three wise men. You know the story. They've been following the star. The scholars say they've been following this star from the east for 18 months. Think about that. Next time you say to your wife, honey, listen, I'll be gone. I'm off for about 18 months. I've seen a star outside when I was hunting and I'm going to follow that. You just try that with your wife. See, let me know how you go. But think about this. It cost them 18 months of their lives to come and worship Jesus. Matthew 2, 9. And when they'd heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Wise men. Wise men. They're called wise men because worshipping Jesus is wisdom. Can you say amen? Worshipping Jesus wasn't an inconvenience for these men. They did whatever it took, spent whatever they had so that they could come and worship Jesus because they were wise men. Thirdly, finally, never lose the 
wonder of Christmas. One of the most quoted phrases you'll hear at this time of the year, oh, wow, the kids, they love Christmas. They love this time of year because the truth is children never lose the wonder of Christmas. They have a sense of wonder about the gifts under the tree. For many years in my house, we were unable to put the gifts under the tree because the little ones would open them all up and Abigail was the most notorious (laughs) for opening presents. She could not help herself. She would tear into them because of the wonder that lied under the wrapping paper. A grandmother took her little four-year-old granddaughter to church for the first time. The little girl sat there very intrigued, observed everything. As the pastor was praying, he said, thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. The little girl's eyes brightened up and whispered to her grandmother, Granny, we're going to get presents. And this is true of you and I. Don't lose the wonder of your salvation, the wonder of the gift that hung upon the tree for your sins. What lies ahead for your lives is found in the gift that hung upon the tree. This is not a temporal gift that we get from our kids like socks and hankies and golf balls. These things are great. But what we have in Christ Jesus is a destiny. We have a future. We have salvation. We have a hope. We have a hope. We have eternal life in Christ Jesus. We're going to heaven. We may get caught up in the rapture. We have so much in Jesus Christ. Don't lose the wonder of Christmas. Don't be like the world that gets ticked at Christmas. But our everything is in this. That we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe that he's the solution to life and death. We believe he is our only hope. And to you and I, the Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. Don't lose the wonder of this beautiful display. I love this display. And I couldn't wait. And uh, Jabez had his wedding and I came in and the Christmas lights were up. I thought, oh, it's Christmas already. Andrew said, oh, it was for the wedding. But don't lose the wonder of the display. Don't lose the wonder of Christmas. Don't don't throw away the, the day and become an internet Christian. Not one of us here is going to wake up on Christmas Day hungover, vomiting. You know why? Because Christ has done something in us. Luke 2.20 And the shepherds, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told under them Here is an explicit joy coming from these men that had an encounter with Jesus Christ. 
And this is our responsibility this Christmas, is that we need to tell others what Jesus Christ has done for us. That we need to tell others about the gift that hung upon the tree and not worry about the getting and the grabbing and the stressing over putting a gift under the tree. We need to take some of these tracks that are up the back, these fantastic tracks, this fantastic Christmas outreach that we put on out here. We need to take these. We need to drop these on the smoko room table tomorrow. We need to letterbox our houses, our streets. I know it's hot. Do it in the afternoon. We need to get this stuff out. We need to evangelise this Christmas. This is our time. This is a fantastic part of our Christianity because my Christmases since getting saved are the best time of the year because with Jesus Christ elevated, when you put him first at Christmas, everything just falls into place. Your holidays, the food, the money, the sunshine, the beach, the family, gifts, church, everything falls into place when we keep the main thing, the main thing. This Christmas, don't lose the wonder. I close with our text, Luke 2, 10 and 11. Luke 2, 10 and 11. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord unto you and you and you and you and me is born a saviour. Man, you can take that home with you tonight. Born a saviour. Amen. That's all I have for you tonight. Thank you for the opportunity. Praise God.